Hey guys, Simon here, just stepping in at the top of the show uh, to send our thoughts to everyone at the Singleton Roosters AFL Club and really everyone in uh, the communities, Singleton and Cessnock, uh, reeling after the bus crash at the weekend. It's a tragic set of circumstances that have fallen on uh, two really tight-knit communities and we're all obviously uh, reeling and and feeling all that grief with you. I just wanted to let you know we are reporting this week that all senior and junior uh, AFL games for the Hunter and Central Coast will be called off this weekend as a mark of respect for uh, the club that's dealing with this incredible loss Um, and there are a few ways that you can help or if you need support um, it's it's available as well. Um, all the details for that will be on our website, newcastleherald.com.au. Okay, back to the show. Hello and thanks for joining me for Tui's News, the podcast. I'm Barry Tui and we're here courtesy of the uh, Newcastle Herald and our major sponsor, as usual, West Group. Big thanks to West Group. And alongside me each and every week to make all this happen is the... You ready for this? <laughs> <laughs> the master of the megabytes. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> the master of the megabytes, Simon McCarthy. How are you, Simon? I'm excellent, Paz. How are you? <laughs> Living over here in the internet. Starting interwebs. to scrape the bottom of the barrel, as you can see. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, look, um, another big week. I'm, I'm not going to dwell on the uh, the loss to Brisbane up there in, in Brisbane last weekend too much. Um, except to say that, um, yeah, the, the club's lack of a winning mentality and leadership, I guess, to a certain extent, um, I reckon was the reason why they got beat. Um, particularly that last 10 minutes, the Broncos found a way to win and and the Knights um, probably found a way to lose, I guess, uh, unfortunately. Um, certainly one of those games where, and there's been a few, that the club will look back on at the end of the season and say, well, look, you know, we should have won that game. We would have finished in this position. You do that every year, I know. But um, there's been some games this season um, that have been lost that should have been won. There's been some games that have been lost because of goal kicking and people have used that as, as an excuse at the week at last weekend. Um, I think Justin, Jackson Hastings kicked two from four. One of the conversions from the sideline hit the upright. He had probably four hard kicks uh, at goal. So, yeah, look, I, I didn't think the goal kicking was the difference. I thought the uh, just some execution, some mistakes, some fatigue at the end um, was pretty critical. And when you've got a competition that's as close as this, then, um, you know, those those drop points are going to hurt you big time at the back end of the season. And, and uh, yeah, the, you don't get them back, unfortunately. So, look... Uh, looking ahead, Saturday afternoon at home against the uh, the struggling Sydney Roosters, a, a crucial must-win game in my opinion. They've got to win this game. They've got Penrith the week after down there at Penrith. Uh, the Roosters aren't playing well. They won't have their best player, James Tedesco, and, and um, there's also another player that's uh, escaped my, my memory, one of their forwards who's uh, – oh, Lindsay Collins, who's on uh, – State of origin duty, so he's out as well. So a big opportunity for the Knights. I can't remember the last time Newcastle started favourites against the Sydney Roosters, which they will this week. So um, and the Roosters have got a great record up here. They've got a great record against the Knights, to be honest. So, yeah, look, a big opportunity. And obviously no Greg Marju for the Knights, which is a, a massive out. Um, 
obviously been dumped from the team for disciplinary reasons. Missed the bus last week in Brisbane. Uh, look, it's been a big talking point um, with the fans, and it'll be a big talking point at the end of this uh, podcast because the uh, the mailbag, the Twitter mailbag, um, was lit up with people wanting to comment about Greg Marju's um, axing from the team. But we'll talk about that and and get to all the questions in the Twitter mailbag um, after we talk to our special guest, who is next. We're recording this. Here he is. Renault. Hey, Phil. Hey, Buzz. Are we on? Are we recording? You're ready for us, are you? Hey, mate, if you're ready, we can call me back. Oh, we are sort of recording, but I've, I've got a little intro to read first before... Uh... Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and our guest this week, Knights Prop, Daniel Safidi, Nathan Ross, Jared Mullen, Anthony Seabold, Jaden Braley. It's a great privilege to have uh, Tim Zhu, Mark Hughes, hello Hughesy, Mitchell Pierce, the greatest knight of all time, Paul Harrigan, good morning, Kurt Gidley, welcome to the podcast kids, the one and only Kirk Reynolds, and hello Reno. Mate, I've been waiting my whole life for this, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> our special guest today, well he's a... I'd call him another blast from the past, actually. He's almost an original knight. And, um, well, look, he, he made headgear fashionable for fullbacks 30 years before Kalen Ponga did. Um, 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm referring to Gary Worth. How are you, guys? I'm good, mate. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, 30 years, eh? Where's the time gone? Oh, it's shocking, isn't it? Shocking. Wow. You're only a couple of years older than me, I think. So, um, and you're already mate. retired too. That's, um, yeah, that's mate, fantastic. I turned 62 on the 2nd of June. Okay. Just not too long ago. Yeah. So, you know, but, Get, um, gets away, doesn't it? Mate, it does. It's, it's scary. Um, but it is what it is, isn't it? It is what Study it is. Number, mate. I'm still keeping myself fit and out of trouble. So that's a good thing. Good on you, mate. Good on you. Well, you, you, uh, for those of, Listeners who are too young to remember you, and there's probably a few, mate, to be honest. Um, you're not quite an original. You came to the club back in uh, 1989, so you're only a year out from being an original. Um, born in Canberra. Uh, I think you made your debut with the Raiders in, what, 83? Yeah, and, I did play 83 with the Raiders, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then had, what, five seasons at the... Uh, I was going to say the Sydney Roosters, but it was Eastern Suburbs back then Eastern as well. Suburbs Roosters, mate. Yes, yeah, yes definitely. Before that coming to the – yeah. Very enjoyable Sydney, yeah. Well, we'll talk about those. And, and obviously you came, as I said, you came to the Knights in, in 89 and, and helped basically kick things off. Yeah, uh, you start again, don't you, really? For the clubs. When you come to a new club, yeah. Yeah. What have you been doing with yourself, mate? I know you're uh, now living in Adelaide. Yeah, um, mate, I've been retired eight years now, so I've uh, – Spent a bit of the last three years in Adelaide with my girls. I've got a little grandson now, little River Jay. He's a little six-year-old and um, two younger brothers and elder sister and myself have all had girls. So the first little man that's come along. So it really enjoying that. He's a good age. Um, Adelaide's a nice place. Got a nice little place where I'm at. And uh, I like my golf course and the beach. You know, it's all sort of surrounds where I am. And uh, yeah, life's pretty good. And you're playing golf two or three times a week. and I yeah. Do yes, I'm in the comp on the Wednesdays and Saturdays, and um, whenever else we decide to go and have a whack. So yes, yeah, so I can't complain. Do you get back to this way very often? I suppose you don't. It's a fair way to come. Uh, I was down in Canberra for j- just recently. I 
I spent six months in Canberra. I unfortunately lost both mum and dad in the last nine months, but um, well, sorry to hear that, mate. Yeah, it was you know that they'll get on, but they'll struggle. So it was probably in the way. It's a good thing that they've you know not struggling anymore. But um, I did flick back a couple of times, but not not for long. You know, haven't been back for a period of time. Yeah, so I'm due to go back after you know since COVID. Well, tell I've us. I've still got mates with Hagues and uh, Stevie Former, and keep in touch with MG um, and a couple of other mates from the old um, old days. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about um, about your career, mate. Um, obviously, yeah. Well, a young bloke in the Canberra, so yeah. I was um, I wasn't much of a school dude. I um, I was happy to be doing something sporting wise. Um, got an apprenticeship at fifteen, so that brought me three years in a, co- a year at Tech. Um, so what were you doing? I was an apprentice butcher. Okay. Um, and Don Fern rang me up the first year and wanted me to go and play. And I said, yeah, I would. And then the old fellow wouldn't let me because I had a year to go on before I, you know, so I had an apprenticeship, had something to hang on to. Yep. So I was a little bit peeved with that. But at the end of the day, mate, it was a right call. And um, then uh, 80, what, 83, wasn't it? They come, um, I went to the Raiders. So you didn't play junior stuff at, at the Raiders at all? Oh, no, it was like a local company. I need group eight, North yeah. Camera Bears. And yeah, so... Yep. Um, a lot of blokes from Sydney used to go down and play in that Group A comp. Uh, Don Ferner at the time, who had the Blues, he obviously had the cash and that to get blokes down there and and um, play good footy. But it was good for our comp, you know, it sort of it strengthened it. So and then, um, then I you... had a year with the Raiders, and then um, I played a Panasonic Cup. Uh, remember the old Wednesday night? We used to play a Panasonic Cup. Yes. Played the Roo- played against the Roosters on the Wednesday night, and I was with the Raiders and scored a couple of tries. And Laurie Fry rang me up. He was coach of the year that year with the, the Roosters. And um, he said, mate, would you be interested in coming to Sydney? And, and it's funny because as being a young bloke, I was always a Roosters fan. I thought, oh, you know, I'd love to be able to, you know, have a go at it anyway. Yeah. And uh, sure enough, um, got there and then Laurie was there for a couple of years and then I brought Beetson in. So Arthur Beetson was great for us because he's sort of a um, – it was a good coach in the way, like, it preferred you make a mistake than not make a mistake. You know, like have a go if you've got some ability to do something because you know be able to chip and chase or, or do something like that. Well, he'd prefer you to have a do have a go at it than not doing it. You know, hanging back. Well, so, um, it was Arthur. It was Arthur Beetson, I think, that might have turned you from. You sort of played in the halves a little bit there. Oh uh, yeah, I played a bit of fullback. Yeah, I oh, sorry, played five eight. Yeah, and then he flicked me to fullback. Yeah, so um, yeah, that was um, you know, it was it was good for me back there. I enjoyed it and um. I was like, uh, probably like a bit like Kalen Ponga, mate. I used to get the old head wax, you know, and then I go numb down the side. That was the only thing that disappointed me in the, in the football. But you know, that's life, isn't it? That happens sometimes. So okay, so you had your concussion dramas. Is that why you wore the headgear? Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Even though the medical profession now tells us that headgear makes no different difference oh, as I, far I as concussion goes, but I suppose it gives you a little bit of protection. Yeah, exactly. It's funny, you know, because uh, remember Jonathan Docking from Canada yes. Sharks. Yes. Well, we were good mates at, uh, in the club industry because obviously I was working in the club industry. And he'd go, he'd go, Gaz, he said, mate, we might as well just put a big red sign on our head. He said, because we both had head trouble and we wore headgear. <laughs> so have you, so had a, have you had any, how many times do you reckon you were concussed in games? Oh, mate, um, I reckon probably 10, 15 at least. Oh, okay. Yeah, but mate, I've been fine. I, um, I spent a lot of time in the sauna. Um, I'm still pretty fit. I said I like to run and keep training up and whatnot, so... You know, I've done a lot of reading in regards to dementia and all that sort of stuff. And, yeah. you know, they just say it's a good thing to have a routine and, and keep busy and, and all that sort of stuff. So, Have you been checked uh, out? Has your head been checked out professionally or? Um, not professionally, mate, but I'm not, you know, I know 
I'm not losing the plot or anything like that. You know, I'm pretty yeah. good. You know, unfortunately, I've seen a couple of my old mates. You know, we got some guys down there that aren't travelling real well either. Yes, so, um, exactly. Which is really sad. And it was on my birthday, and Stevie Fulmer and Lordy um, and Glennie Miller. Yes, you know, he's struggling a bit. He said, um, you know, poor old Stevie talked to him. You know, he said, well, this is Gaz, da da da, and Glennie was just standing back looking at me, and I'm thinking, wow, that's pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, um, and and you know we've lost some players, some older players as well from dementia, oh, yeah. obviously, and it's a it's a real worry. And and you got to applaud the um, the NRL for the way they've sort of cracked down on on the head stuff and brought in the new rules to try and protect the players a little bit. Because as you would have been in your day, you would have got the smelling salts, you would have yeah. got the magic sponge and the smelling yeah. salts, and you would have been and straight back in. And you and, you, and you smack on the ass and you'd be back in it, you know. And you're on next week and that sort of thing, but. Mate, they obviously got a duty of care now. And them days, you know, as you know, the coach would be just, you'll be right, mate. And that's just, you know, that, that's how they come along with well. They all played like, you know, Mac and all them guys. Well, nobody knew, I don't think either. In defence of the coaches and back then, I don't think anyone really knew what the consequences are of, of repeated concussions and head knocks. And it was only the fact that we're starting to work out now all these older players are, are in trouble. or well, not all, but a lot of the older yeah, players that are coming down with it are in, are in trouble that we realise – you know what how bad that can be yeah i know it's sad you know when you actually we don't get a lot of league stuff here but obviously on my phone you with a you know i still watch me footy on the fox and all that sort of stuff but um yeah there's a lot of guys that you go oh wow and then, you know now i hear from different guys you know that this guy's struggling that guy's struggling whatever and you go wow it's, it is quite scary but um you know well, all you can do is look after yourself mate and Baz, i've been a pretty you know, i've always been a pretty fitness sort of yeah. dude so i wasn't a big drinker um, you know, I'd have a couple of durries after a game, on the, yeah, so I'd look after myself pretty well. So at the end of the day, mate, at the end of the day, that's that can help me get through to a ripe old age or so. But if it doesn't, well, that's that's life, isn't it? That's racing. Yeah. Is it is it true that your your you've got your your headgear framed on your wall at home? Is that true? <laughs> no, I haven't, mate. Hey. <laughs> no. Who told you that? Please, <laughs> <laughs> Mark Ramble. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I bet it was MG. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it wasn't him, it was somebody close to him, maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, mate, no. What about the four showers a day? Do you still have four showers a day? <laughs> four showers a day, yeah. <laughs> well, it depends how much I'm training, yeah, it depends. <laughs> you were a bit of a clean freak, though, weren't you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, you, were pretty, pretty, you were a stylish young bloke back in the day. Well, there you go, eh? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm told. I, I'm not sure how you judge that, but I'm told that you were, mate. Um, just b- back on the the Roosters. I mentioned the five seasons. I think you played um, seventy five top grey or it was New South Wales rugby league games back in those days. Seventy five games all up. Um, scored thirty five tries. So a pretty good strike rate with the tries. I, I would have thought the highlight was probably the. The, making the preliminary final, I think, in 87, was it? Yeah, 87. Yeah, we're a bit unlucky. We got beat 12-8 by Canberra. Yep. No, Manly, to go to the into the grand final, and then Canberra ended up um, going in there. And Sure, it wasn't the Raiders? Sure, sure yeah. you didn't get beat by the Raiders? Oh, sorry, we got beaten by the Raiders, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we lost Dave Chuella, who was going really good for us in 87. He was hooker, and Big Mel took him out. Well, not took him out, you know, just got hold of him and knocked him out sort of thing. And then, um, so we really struggled that day, but we only went down to 12-8. But, but I played city, country, and and country, and city, actually, both sides. So just going through the uh, the time at the Roosters, and that was pretty good. But, you know, and I um, 
I was behind a couple of good guys like Gary Belcher and Gary Jack and, you know, Jonathan Docking. So there was there wasn't a shortage of blokes that could go, you know, go well at the back there. So um but yeah, the um Bruce's days, well that's probably my most enjoyable football. Yep. Yeah, it was a good atmosphere and I was very lucky too because um I ended up buying a unit and or bought a unit in Coogee. I trained at the sports ground and I worked at Eastern Suburbs Leagues Club. So Okay. And my wife at the time, Mandy, we all worked there at the club. So you know, to be in Sydney and be like a like a ten minute radius was it's like crazy. Yeah. And um, that's the way to yeah, do no, it. If you're gonna live in Sydney, mate, that's the way to do it. Oh yeah, no, definitely. And then um, you know, Macca, I run into Macca a few times and um obviously I played with Big Macca at the Raiders. Well, I was gonna say Macca was captain of the Raiders. Yeah, so when... he was down there with Ronnie Gibbs and yeah. uh, not Ronnie Gibbs, Ronnie Giddo and Terry Fay and all them blokes. Yep. I, I sort of played with all those older guys in that um the couple of games I played with the Raiders and um he, we, he, we'd run into a couple of times, you know, different games and whatnot. And he bailed me up one day and he said, mate, would you be interested? And I, and I was actually because my little girl come along, Jody, and uh, we were in a top floor apartment. It could be like really nice, but the stairs and then it'd like a balcony. And it was, you know, you had to be really careful all the time to shut the door and make sure you, the, the door going out in the balcony because, you know, they can sit, jump on a chair and they'd be over the you know, balcony sort of thing. So, um, and the opportunity to come to, to, um, to come to Newcastle with him, um, I thought was a, you know, you know, even though you have to start again, yeah. you know, it's always tough when you're kicking off with a new side. But um, got up here, great, you know, great bunch of guys, and I said I knew Macker and um, and then you know Hayes and all the boys and Sarge. You know, we just all, yeah, we we you were around there, Baz too. We were a really good um, group in them days. Yes, yes. You know, and Butchie and you, like you could rattle them off all night. I mean, the, the guys that really, you know, you see them now, and it's just like we you haven't left the joint. Yeah. So, well, that, that, as I said, that was that was eighty nine, um, and that was the same year that that Michael Hagen and Mark Sargent joined the club. I think Peter Johnston might have, um, yep, yep, joined that that year as well. Um, the the Knights finished what fourteenth? I think they um, they had a uh, the last game of the season in eighty eight. They had to win to to avoid the wooden spoon, which they did. They finished fourteenth, but you guys got it up to seventh in in eighty nine, and then sixth. In, in 90, um, I think, um, yeah, th- there were some memorable games, mate, but no, none more memorable, I guess, than the, playing the Roosters, uh, sorry, playing Balmain, the Balmain Tigers in that last game of the year to, to make the playoffs. I mean, oh, you know, yeah, that was a bit funny. Yeah, then, then we went back on the Wednesday. I think Ash was playing then, then but um, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was like it was a good, you know, we were, we were just a team of, um, Bits and pieces, but at the end of the day, Macca got us gelling and with Belly and that, and uh, we had a pretty good side. Well, good forward pack, you know, with Sarge and Chief and then Butsy and all them sort of um, guys, you know, they were, they were just go forward guys and happy to do it. What was it like, um, you know, playing with the Knights back then? I mean, <clears throat> as far as professionalism go and, and facilities and all that sort of stuff that you had back there, was, was, were you behind well, the time? Were, the, were we behind the times when you you know, come from a team like the Roosters? Oh, well, definitely. Well, Eastern Suburbs Leagues Club, you had a gym and you had the swimming pool and you had saunas and spas and all that sort of stuff and physio upstairs. So if you're a crook, you could deal. You know, them days we had to work as well. Yep. So, um, you know, very lucky to be working at the club and then just, you know, say Bunny Riley, the old legend Bunny Riley Axe, he was – um. He was in charge of all the footballers down them. In them days, we had Kevin Hastings and remember all the guys he brought over. Beats they brought over like so. There was Gilly, Trevor Gilmeister. Uh, sorry, Trevor Gilmeister, um, Patterson. Um, oh, just trying to think of some of the other guys that there. But Big Dave Sponge, they used to call him Dave. Um, 
I'm just trying to think. Yeah, no, but anyway, right. like, yep. Yeah, so just he had a really good uh, group of guys, but yeah, in it was definitely backwards, you know. But in, we knew that when you come into the club, like we've seen the ice, you know, that uh, Mick Hill took me around the place and showed me the IC and stuff like that, and you know, but there was no real setup like that, you know. I haven't been to West, but apparently they've got a good setup there now. Yes, the guys. So there's a good setup in there. We're, yeah, we're. Yeah, the, the the team now is uh, it's chalk and cheese. But what you guys uh, went through back then, can you remember how much you signed for that year? Um, oh, what would yeah. it have been? Um, my last year was eighty. I think it was eighty. Eighty thousand. Yeah, eighty. In, in ninety one, would would you have got sixty in the first year? Um. Would have been, yeah, probably. It was a, obviously I went up every year. We yep. there was incentives and all that sort of stuff in them days. Yep. So you play so many games as well. So you know you played the five first grade, you get another five grand, and, and you know da da da. Whereas now I think it's just all you know, you sign on for free, and then that's and you get that without having to get your bonuses and all that sort of other stuff that goes with it. Can you remember uh, the the Balmain game that last game? I think it was the ninety uh, 90s, 1990 season. That last game. Balmain at home in front of, I think there was, oh, well, yeah, there was more yeah. than 32,000 yeah. there and you had to win to um, force a playoff. Yeah, I, I remember the game, yeah. Butts' try that wasn't probably a try. Um, it was it was a, it was a probably, well, in those days it was the biggest moment for the club actually in, in front of that many fans. It was a massive day. Yeah, well, the other I remember going there and they told me the first year with the Broncos that was like a 30... You know, it was a thirty thousand. Yeah. Well, so. yeah, I think they, yeah. they didn't know how to count them, them then, though, mate. That was the difference. Oh, right, they right. were only guessing. I think. Well, they might have been only yeah. guessing for the, that Balmain game as well. But um, um, someone used to say that Graham Hards, who was the the uh, yeah. well, he was the the old, the old the CEO, yeah. Um, yeah. used to count them as they come through the gates. But I don't know whether that's right or not. But <laughs> but anyway, it was a, it was a massive crowd and a, and a big day for the club and and obviously. Um, the Knights didn't win that playoff, the midweek playoff against the Tigers. No, on the Wednesday night, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I think, don't think you played in that. Um, no, I didn't. Um, Podgy uh, whacked me on on that, I think, whatever day, on the weekend it was. Yep. And I was, you know, I was, was concussed and then um, and I'd come off. And then, um, so Ash ended up going, I think he played fullback, didn't he, Ashley Gordon? Probably but, did, mate, yeah. Yeah. But um, but it was really, I, I know one good thing, remember really good that, but that was a great game, to, uh, great ground to play at. Yep. The old, you know, I call it the ISC, but obviously it's changed its name now. But it was just a really good buzz. And, you know, we always had the supporters. As you said, you know, you, very difficult to kick off a, a new um, squad and then and tr- expect to win, win, win. But, you know, they were, they were good. They were happy. You know, as long as you put in, they were pretty, you know, they were happy supporters. And that's all you can ask for, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Well, mate, no, ninety-one. You only played three games in ninety-one. What what was what happened to your career there? Uh mate, I cracked my sternum. Yep. And that str- made struggled. I wasn't able to train properly. No, no weights and all that sort of stuff. So, um, so did you do that was, early in ninety-one? Yeah, I'd, I'd done it um, uh, early in the. I might have been done it in trials, and I was just struggling. And then, I think for about. A period of weeks I was getting needles, you know, because Macca was um, we were struggled a bit with kicking and stuff like that. So I was, yep. you know, wasn't training, getting needled up, and then, you know, Monday morning you're trying to roll out of bed and stuff like that. So it didn't go very well in regards to that. But mate, I think the old body, you know, you, you think you're going all right, and, then you, and I hadn't had too many bad injuries. So I was very lucky, but um, 
that just took away a lot of um, yeah. When you can't train properly, well, you've got to be you got to be fit and confident when you're running on the field again, especially in, in first grade. Yeah. And um, mate, I wasn't, and then you know I struggled, and I ended up finishing up that year. You know, yeah. So, so you you but, thought you'd had enough. Yeah, well, mate, at the end of the day, um, they did have Ash coming through, and there's some younger blokes, you know, some other guys, older guys who are sort of... Well, I guess went, Brad Godden was was around. Yeah, Brad, yeah, Brad Godden, yep. And then, obviously, Robbie yeah. O'Davis came on the scene after yeah, so, Brad you know, Godden, so there's always someone to take your place, mate, isn't there? Oh, there is, mate, yeah. Like, you know, it's the, I'm, I'm a bit of an old Roosters man now, and I'm just watching, you know, James Tedesco, and he's probably in the same thing now, mate. He's, just, you know, he's been brilliant, but then he's just struggling all of a sudden, and then... Yeah, you know they're talking about moving him on, and but that's footy. You know, there's always someone coming through, and there has to be, otherwise, you know, the, the, the footy doesn't continue, does it? Really? Yeah. Did you young fella. did you miss playing? Um, I did, um, very much so. You missed the, you know, because I was I was only a young bloke. I think it was about twenty five or six or something when I left to Sydney, and um, um, and I just, you know, you're always with a group of guys, and I've always been mates, you know, always. Yeah, had a, a, a handful of mates that have always played golf with and trained all that sort of stuff. And mate, when you actually finish, you don't realise that you like you can't go hanging around the club or anything. You just you can obviously go there and watch them on the game day, but to train and all that sort of stuff, I would be training four nights a week with Macker and, and whatnot. And to when that stops, it, it's it's pretty difficult. I did have a year of captain coach at the bay. Yep, remember um, that. Yeah, I remember it too. But it was a mistake <laughs> because I organised the first training and they said, well. I said, well, where is everyone? They said, well, when's the surf's up? They don't come, they go surfing. Oh, right, I said, wow. <laughs> you didn't do your research, mate. That was no, the problem. No, I didn't. I didn't eh? do that very good. But, uh, <laughs> but no. Yeah. That was a bit was, pretty was, tough year, eh? Yeah, I was, I was pretty disappointed because I was coming from... Um, uh, yeah, well, a in, professional. In yeah. Yeah, and oh, exactly. I'm on that level as well. Yeah. But um, but it is what it is, mate. It's all it's life's learning, isn't it? You know, so, so did you um, retire but, after that year? Yeah, I did, mate. Yeah. Yeah, you got out of it altogether. Yeah. yeah. Tell me, tell but, me this. Um, what what sort of a what sort of a coach was Macca? Tell us about Macca and and um, how you found him as far as coaching goes. Um, yeah, Macca and Belly. Well, they're they're pretty. Um, you know, with our squad, they're pretty basic. You know, you know, well, you know, the stories there when I first year they had forwards where you couldn't pass it. You know, yep. they were allowed to take the ball up and they couldn't pass and all that sort of stuff. So he did take a little bit of attack away. Because they wanted to, you know, just go through, keep, you know, just pound forward and then just I'll play on the back of that. Um, I was, um, you know, it's just, it does get a bit disappointing when, you know, you put your hand up and you, and you aim up for them. But, you know, when, you, when your day is done, well, you, you, you're pretty much, you wipe like a dirty bum. But that's, that's, that's racing, you know, you know, at the end of the day, that's what happens. So, yeah. Well, um, I, I haven't forgotten you, mate. I didn't forget you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I, I still remember you, Baz. You know, we had a lot of good times, mate. And, uh, yeah, you were the man for all the, the telly, isn't it? Was it telly? Was yeah. then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Herald now. What about, um, obviously, Central Charlestown Lease Club, mate? That, you yeah, were... well, I was in the club industry with the Roosters, so that was a good thing as well, see? So um, I'd done my time there and um, worked on paper machines and, you know, become a supervisor and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, it's a big gig, that joint, so... So, uh, try, uh, when we were playing, we'd have the early starts, but then when we'd obviously to keep the you know their staff happy as well, the footballers, well then we'd have to come and do night work and stuff like that, and knock up and you know just in general. So I got to know the whole club industry. When I come down, um, to, when I come to Newcastle, um, 
Kevin Smith. I remember Kevin. Yes. Kevin Smith, but I'll Smith. He's not here with us anymore. Um, he got. I got on very well with him when I was at the Knights, and um, he was looking after the old Leagues Club at the time. Him and Jeff Wright. Yeah. Newcastle Jeff, Leagues yeah. Club. Yep. Newcastle Leagues. So I took over the joint there, mate, and we we boosted up the membership, and we had the little place pumping. So that was good. That was just a. It's not rocket science, mate. But if you can get them in the door, they spend their money on beer, wine, you know, poke machines, food, whatever. So. Yep. Yep. We had um, some shopping, big shops around us with Coles and Woolies, so we just uh, went done that whole shopper docket, and uh, I think we went from about oh, 3,000 members to about 17,000 one day, so, and that was a little place, the old Leagues Club. Yeah. But, Which... mate, we had them coming out the doors at times, so that, that was a good thing, and then um, had an opportunity then to go to um, Central. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was that was nice to land that job, Steve Vido and... A um, couple of old footballer guys that were that I knew uh, were on the board, and they um, they were happy to put me on, and I ended up there for fourteen years. Fourteen years, wow! Yeah, yeah and must... I pulled the plug on that. I had a year to go on my contract, but um, unfortunately, I lost my sister, um, Chrissy, and I just sort of sat back, mate, because you do um, them days. Well, I was always a workaholic, you know. I've always worked lots of jobs and done all right out of real estate and stuff like that. And I thought, well, at the end of the day, I'm um, I'm, I'm just going to I had enough, you know, because I was I was running the leagues club and overseeing the football as well, so it was full on, you yeah. know, like you're running the club as well. But then on the weekends and then the judiciaries and all that sort of stuff, or you were just pretty much living there. And unfortunately, some of the directors expected that, you know, even though you know I paid well and a few lurks and perks and that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, you still got a, a home to go to. Yeah. So um, and they obviously you know you know back in the old days too, the directors like to drink, and then you know, obviously I'm paying for the the bill and the one of food and stuff like that. So they were happy to call a few meetings and probably that, that we didn't need, but you know, they were happy to go and have a beer and I'd have to hang around and keep an eye on them. <laughs> <laughs> so you, but that's what they did in the old days, mate. So well, that's, yeah. that's, and, that's uh, how it is, you obviously it? made enough money to be able to retire early. Yeah, no, I did, mate. I'd, um, well, I said the, the smartest thing was all, well, it wasn't actually my doing, but um, Mandy, you, you know my wife, Mandy. Yes. Yeah. Um, at the time, um, we just joined the lease club, and um, this this is how good a man uh, Ron Jones was, who used to run the the Roosters, Roosters. Eastern Suburbs Lease Club, right? Yeah. Um, one of the girls in the office was um, leaving, going to Melbourne, and this is where we had an ch- opportunity to buy this apartment. There was an apartment top floor Coogee, in the eighties. Um, it was ninety grand, and I said, well, we did, we really didn't have enough deposit because we just come from Canberra and we just had you know local jobs down there. Yeah. And um, he said uh, he. Give him my my contract money up front and put it on as a deposit if you if you're interested in buying it. And I went, oh my god! So I thought well, that's a you know best opportunity I'm ever going to get. And we did that. We hung on to it in, in the uh, 80s, and it was like Christ. Sydney went for a bit of a boom there, and there you know yeah. interest rates and whatnot. Yeah. So I done very well out of that. Um, bought a brand new house at Elmore Vale, um, and still had change. So I was no mortgage of the. Um, probably 28 or something, I suppose. So, okay, yeah. So that makes life pretty easy if you can jag it like that. So you've um, had some real estate uh, bonanzas then. Yeah, and I've I had a few investments and whatnot, and prop- obviously property, you know, seemed to be the go, didn't it? So I had a unit, because um, I used to love the old Foster Tunkari, so I had a unit over the water up there and um, had a couple around the Charlestown and, and whatever. So when it all comes down to the wash, it's, um, you know, I've been happy to do that. And I've been happy to help my – I've got two daughters, so I've been able to help them get in the market. And, you know, I said, mate, I love my golf and just 
couple of beers and GW's happy. <laughs> Fantastic. Tell me this, you're the most annoying teammate, and I know who you're going to say, but uh, I'm going to ask you anyway, the most annoying teammate that you uh, you played with? Oh, mate, there's probably a couple. Yeah, okay. Well, the bullet, you remember Stevie Fulmer? Yeah, yes, my bullet, word. Yeah. Still around, mate. He, he, Still same around. He's a champion little bloke, yeah. um, but he, he was a funny bugger, so he'd be, you know, always snapping at your heels in some way. But but the other guy, obviously, MG, you know, he's a... Mark Lamble, yes. Yeah, Mark Lamble. He was a cracker. He was a, um, but, he, he was, he was a cracker, actually, MG. Yeah. He, was, he still is. Yeah, and I'm good mates with him still, you know, like on birthdays and we're all text and I'm good mates with Hayes because we used to play now or golf up there at Charlestown. So, um, you know, and I go back and a really good mate of mine, Johnny Lord, who was our yes. manager. So we keep in touch regularly and um, I'll be definitely heading down, excuse me, to Newcastle when it starts to warm up again and uh, catch up with all those guys because uh, I've still got a place for the old Newey boys and, and I don't mind Newcastle full stop, you know. That's probably something I did miss, Baz, when, when I decided to come over to Adelaide, um, obviously for my two daughters and my little grandson because I spend a bit of time anyway when he come along yep. back and forth. Um, I sort of didn't realise how much you realise on your mates. Yeah, you know, that I had thirty years with the boys, you know, and all of a sudden, and because I was retired, um, we liked to fishing and we we'd go worming up the beach and we, you know, MG might say, "Mate, I've got afternoon off," or "Hey, we'll go and play nine holes." Well, because I wasn't working, I was able to do that. Yeah, and then I come to Adelaide and went, "Oh, right, oh wow, happy yeah, to be fine. here with the kids and all that sort of stuff." But then just struggle with the not knowing anyone at all. Yeah. But uh, you know, it doesn't take long. You get back into the, the golf, a golf club, mate, a golf club, and stuff yeah. Like, yeah. Makes, and, uh, makes a big difference. Now we do a bit of fishing and got guys that, you know, we do a bit of everything. So that's a good thing. You know, they're on the same boat. They're just retired. We just cruise around and, you know, go to the pub on a Tuesday night for Chicky Snitty or Friday night for a couple of beers. And, yeah. What about the footy, mate? You're, obviously, you're in AFL territory in, in Adelaide. <coughs> do you, um, yeah. do you get, get to see much of the footy? There was an Origin oh, game what, not there I'm not long ago. The games, mate, on yeah. Fox. Yeah. Yeah. So um, my daughter took me to the State of Origin, the first one. Very good. For my father's day, she bought me a ticket. And then um, we've been there a couple of times when the Roosters play Melbourne here. Yep. Um, we've gone to Adelaide Oval and I've watched them go around. But, yeah, I know I still love my footy. You know, Friday nights, I said, we'll have a few beers. I'm home by probably 8.39 and I'll watch the footy and then Saturdays and, you know, possibly Sundays. just depends what I've got going on. Good stuff. What, um, about, what about the best player you've played with? Best player? Yeah. Oh, that's a good one, isn't it? Well, um, geez, um, I'll give you one from, I reckon, um, oh, geez, I'm trying to think, probably Gil, Gilly, Huey McGarm, when I was at the Roosters, they were, they were pretty yeah. you know, good guys, yeah. and and I used to always admire Butsy, you know, like Butsy wasn't a big dude, yeah. and um, but he would, he would just, you know, well, you know what he's like, he'd just roll the sleeves up every week and... His toughness, you, you know, admired his toughness. Yeah, exactly. You know, so um, they're, they're the the guys that you know when you got them sort of like you know, and especially when you're at the back there, you see what the, what they're doing, and you know, um, yeah, you'd be running off them. Big Huey used to he made me look good a few times because he was good with the ball, and you know, I knew if I was sniffing around, um, he can get a ball away. Yeah. So and then that's what you got to do, but you know, at the end of the day, you've got to realize who will pass and who doesn't pass. Otherwise, you're just back and forth. But yeah, no, mate. Um, Obviously, lots of players over the years, but yeah, they're probably the standouts. Do you like the game at the moment? Do you like the way the game's played? Oh, mate, it's it's hard to watch sometimes. Yeah. You know, I know they're protecting people and whatnot, but, you know, this, this uh, hit drop at the moment, 
and even the, you know, the, the when the ball goes back to the halfback now or the kicker. Yes. You know, like they can't even put a hand on them. And I'm thinking, well, you know, that's it's becoming not game of touch, but it's not far off it in different stages, isn't it? Really. Yeah. But um, but I still watch it. I love the game, but it, it just gets a dis- you know a bit disappointing sometimes, especially when you got your money on their team. Anyway, oh, you can get a bet on them. <laughs> <laughs> what about um, Carlin Ponga, mate? You, what do you think about him? Well, mate, just from what I hear from the guys, you know, it's he's probably. Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've heard a few things. I probably uh, Phil Gardner's probably best to stick to clubs, from what I've heard, in regards to footy. Yeah. You know, with the way the club's been run and whatnot, and. Um, and I hear different stories about Caelan Pong when his old man's gone in there and, you know, obviously screwed him for a lot of money and and he's got himself a job and all that sort of stuff. So it is what it is, mate. If you get, you know, you, if a, you can't really blame the player. No. If he's able to get, negotiate that's them sort of dollars and whatnot. But, um, but no, I keep an eye on the Knights, mate. I like Leo Thompson and big Dominic Young. They're, they're a couple of guys that stand out for me that um, are only young blokes and I think they're going to go we go well, but um, so you yeah. still got a soft spot for the joint, in other words. Oh, yeah, mate, yeah, oh, it's definitely, definitely. It's you know, a bit of you know, I had 30 years in Newcastle, so yeah, um, I pretty much I'm well, not a Newcastle boy, I was a Canberra boy, but I was happy to say I'm a, a Newcastle boy, yeah, a big chunk of your uh, life, life here, so yeah, no, definitely, mate. And um, it's not going to change. I said if I had a chance, you know, if the kids weren't here, well, then I'd, I'd be probably still there, but um. You know, it's nice to, you know, I had so much time, so it was nice to be able to be with the kids. And it still are, you know, like weekends we've got, we do things and whatnot. So, um, and that's part of it, mate, being with the family now. Well, it's great to catch up, mate. It's been a long while since I've spoken to you and, and I haven't seen you for ages. So hopefully um, maybe an old boy's day or when you, when you get back up here next, I'll make I'm, sure. I'm thinking the, the old boy's day um, maybe this year, Baz. So oh, okay. definitely we'll run into each other. Fantastic. Because- I'll make an effort because I haven't been there for – even Lordy said that because, you know, he's been great for me, Johnny Lord. So yeah. I need to get down and, and see him and, and have a day with him and have a couple of beers with the boys. So I'll look forward to doing um, – I don't know the last game, but um, it's always the last home game, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's the second last game of the year. Right, um, yeah, well, I'll catch up with Lordy and, and find out for sure, mate, and hopefully we can catch up and have a beer, mate. Looking forward to it, mate, and, and fantastic to catch up today and have a chat. Yeah, no, pleasure, mate. You take care too. Good on you, Worthy. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Bye-bye. There he is, Gary Worth. Um, yeah, I, I guess there's there'll be a few on here that uh, won't remember Gaz, but he certainly, um, well, he arrived here in that second year and and um, gave the joint some flair. There was a bit of flair about uh, Worthy um, from fullback and had a great sort of partnership on and off the field with Michael Hagen. Um, Scored some tries and and created some tries and and was a really good player for for a couple of years there for the Knights back in the early days. So it was good to catch up again. It's been a while. Okay, the Twitter mailbag, and it's really exploded this week. Uh, Marty, hi, Baz. In my opinion, if we play the same amount of, sorry, with the same amount of enthusiasm and flair as we did against Brisbane, we will beat the Roosters. Good on you, Marty. I hope you're right. Uh, Julian Vella, hi Baz, considering the KP to 5.8 experiment seems to be over for now, do you think the club sees Gamble as a long-term starter in that position or do you think they will go to the market for someone else? <coughs> um, well, at the moment, Julian, um, I think Tyson Gamble is their six and I'm not sure that they're going to uh, look outside 
certainly in the short term. Um, Ryan Rivett, the young halves player that uh, came from from uh, Cronulla this year, he'll be in the top 30 next year. They've obviously still got uh, Simi Sasagi um, in their ranks, so I'm not sure they're going to have the space in their cap to, uh, or on their roster, more to the point, to go after another number six. So, um, yeah, I can, I can see Tyson Gamble, um, if he stays fit, um, playing there. Obviously, uh, Lockie Miller, who was signed as a fullback, he's playing 5'8 in, back in New South Wales Cup. So, obviously, Adam O'Brien's looking there to probably uh, give Lockie Miller a bit of exposure in the halves uh, for an obvious reason in case, you know, he needs him down the track there. Uh, but we'll just wait and see. As I said, I can't see him going to the market um, this off-season or, or right now for another 5 8 Okay, Corey Tut, big loss, Greg Marju has been massive for us. Anari can do a job, but I worry about us being dominated on those first plays now. Yeah, look, Corey, I, I think uh, Marju's loss is... Is uh, big and will be felt. Although Tawala has done the job, particularly as a finisher, uh, when he's played on the wing in the past outside Bradman Best. So um, he's he's a pretty decent um, replacement, I would have thought. But uh, certainly the form that Marju has been in this year, he'll be missed. That's for sure. NRL All Stars podcast um, is that Marju's first indiscretion. Surely, unless he's a multiple repeat offender, being late and missing the bus is a team-invoked fine or discipline. A match suspension seems pretty extreme unless there is more background or history. Well, I agree with you, actually. Um, and look, the Knights have set a precedent. They did uh, last year in the game, same game actually, or the game against Brisbane up there, Bradman Best and ironically Inari Tuala were both late for the bus and both were both stood down, um, you know, for the following week's game. And I, I, I agree that they've set the precedent. So obviously now they've got to follow the precedent. Um, the director of football, Peter Parr, came out on Tuesday and said it was a clear breach of team standards which is fine. I understand that as well. I just wonder whether, and I'm with a lot of people on this, I just wonder whether they could have found another way to discipline Greg Marju without it impacting on the team and without it impacting on the fans. And the fact that he's been going so well, um, I think the last person who would have wanted to have dropped Greg Marju this week was Coach Adam O'Brien, to be honest. I mean, he's fighting for his career. And you're dropping one of your best players. Could they have found another way to to discipline Greg Marju? Um, yeah, well, as I say, they, they made their bed last year with that decision. And I understand all about the, the standards and all that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, you're, you're, really, you're really hurting the team and the fans by doing what, what they've done. So hopefully it won't make a difference. Hopefully Inari Tawala has a big game. Um, against the Roosters and and no one will be worrying about it. But, uh, yeah, we'll wait and see. Uh, Guy Incognito. Hey, Baz, do you think our forward pack is a bit one-dimensional? 
A lot of big bodies who make good metres but lack any second phase play and seem to tire and drop off tackles late in games. Um, Guy, I agree with you totally. I think the forward pack is a bit one-dimensional. They do make some metres. I've been critical for a couple of years now about the fact that um, the Knights forward pack really hasn't got anyone in there that's got a a offload. They don't play a style where... um, you know, short passing is prevalent. And I think at times, like they did in the last 10 minutes against Brisbane, when they get a bit tired, all they do is run one out and uh, that stifles the attack. So I agree. Um, Kai Pierce paul their new English international recruit that's coming next year, he's got an offload in him. He's a back rower. Um, hopefully he might add a little, another dimension uh, to the way that the team attacks, but um, I'm with you. I think um, you know. I think offloading second phase—that's what kills kills you. Uh, you know, if you've got a team that's got a bit of second phase in them, then they can really do some damage to even the best defences. But uh, the Knights haven't had a lot of second phase in their forward pack for quite some time. Isabel is another one about Greg Marju. It's a consistent consequence. Whether it's the significant, uh, whether it's too significant, a consequence is definitely debatable. Yeah, well, I agree with you, Isabel. Uh, totally agree. Charlie Drummond, we really trouble the Broncos. Win, lose, or draw, we seem to have a knack for making good slash form teams look ordinary. Is it because we are better than we think, or because they underestimate us? Keen for your thoughts. Also, DSAF, unlucky to miss Origin 2, in my opinion. Um, Is the team better than they think? Look, Charlie, I don't necessarily disagree with that, to be honest. And that gets back to my point earlier about, um, um, you know, the team finding a way to lose and, and not having the winning mentality that Brisbane had last week. Um, I do think that that's a it's an it's an issue, and that maybe they've proved it against Penrith, they've proved it against Brisbane, that they can compete against the best teams in the comp. Um, the key now for this team, I believe, is that they've got to do it week after week. That's been the biggest issue. Um, they can get up for some games, but they're down in other games, and the and the really good sides are generally very consistent with how they play. Uh, Kip Thompson, with it being almost halfway through the season, well, it's, it is halfway through the season. I think there's less games to go than what uh, they've played. And I don't think anyone has been re-signed yet for next year. Do you think the club will just take the wait-and-see approach to anybody re-signing, or have they seen enough and are planning on going to the market for the remaining roster spots? Uh, a bit of both, I think, Kip. Um, I think they've made decisions on some players um, and there may be one or two, three players they probably may not have made a decision on yet. Uh, obviously, they're trying to re-sign Tyson Frizzell as we speak, um, so he'll be a big one and, and after they re-sign him or he provided they re-sign him, that might hinge on one or two others staying, but they haven't got many spots left, so there'll be a few going. Don't worry about that. Uh, Tommy Knows Knights. Do you think the club lacks a real leader? End of game against the Broncos was crying for someone to stand up and make the decision to pack a scrum. Should have won three or four games we have lost now. Totally agree with you, Tommy. Um, 
don't always agree with you on Twitter, but uh, I totally agree with you here. The Knights should definitely have, when they got that penalty virtually after the siren, they should definitely have packed a scrum and uh, got rid of all the forwards and, and then uh, attacked from there. Um, and I also agree with you about the leadership, which I mentioned before. I think um, at times they just haven't quite got the, the the cool head, the person in there that, or the person on the field that um, they need to have to make those sorts of decisions, unfortunately. Uh, John Pritchard, it's the f- first I've heard of Marju's axing. I know a club has to have standards, but why not a warning or a fine? The replacement um, has never filled me with confidence. Tries will be scored down that side. I paid my money on Saturday, or I pay my money on Saturday to see the best available side and possibly a win. Again, why penalise the club and supporters? You sound a bit like me, John. Um, yeah, well, as I said before, they made their bed as far as the standards go last year. Now they've got to um, keep making their bed in that fashion, I guess. But uh, put it this way, I wonder what would happen if Kalen Ponga, for example, or... Um, Jackson Hastings um, missed the bus the week before the finals. Would they be suspended for a, a, a finals spot? Would they uh, would they maintain their standards when there was a you know a game coming up the next week that was do or die with one of their stars? I've got my doubts. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just think that um, you know you. You set standards, you can create, um, you know, fines or some sort of a disciplinary action that um, doesn't necessarily impact on the whole team. Uh, it just impacts on the player who's made the discretion. But anyway, Chris, why not just fine? We've got another one. Why not just fine Marju if he breaches standards? Insane to make the team worse as a punishment in a professional competition. Yeah, that's an echo of a few few of us, Chris. Um, Michael uh, Elsa, I think it's Elsa. Fine that goes towards end. He's talking about Marju again. A fine that goes towards the end of season trip or something would have been sufficient. The guy is averaging two hundred meters a game. Tawala is not doing that. Yeah, well, can't argue with that, Michael. Um, Sam Payne, what's happening with Miller? Was excited to see him play at 14 the other week, but he never got the chance. Uh, Lockie Miller is playing six in reserve grade, uh, which is the preceding game to the NRL game on Saturday against the Roosters. So get there early. You'll see Lockie Miller play six in New South Wales Cup um, and have a look how he goes. Um, He's got to force his way back in now. And whether he's the right man to be a a 14 remains to be seen. But he's got to... um, He's got to uh, learn learn some stuff and, and learn some stuff maybe around the spine, around the halves, which is what he's doing in reserve grade. Uh, Todd G. Hey, mate, do you know if Marju punishment is one week or more? Uh, Todd G., I would imagine, is a super coach player. Um, wants to know whether Marju is going to be out for more than one week. It'll, he'll only be out for one week, Todd. The punishment will be one week, so... I presume he'll be back in next week. Uh, Butsy85, a bit of mixed emotions on the Marju axing. At least it was addressed with the naming of the side, unlike the Clemmer incident last year. If it's the first time him doing so, I think a fine should have done. 
Yeah, fair enough, Batsy. Uh, Grant, this is consistent with previous penalties for the same thing since Parr arrived. Yes, it is, Grant. We've acknowledged that. Uh, ben Purser, Anari proven a wonderful finisher. We'll miss Mars's metres, but happy for Anari and the club having standards. Fair enough too, Ben. Um, there are certainly some people that agree with you on that. Uh, Michelle, why not try Miller on the wing? He has to be better than Tuala. Have they given up on KP as a 5'8"? Uh, look, I'm happy for them to play Anari Tuala on the wing. I think he, I think he was the leading try scorer in the, in the club a couple of years back. He's got a... I know he's got a partnership where he's been outside, played outside Bradman Best. So I don't think there's an issue there. Um, I haven't got a problem with Tawala coming in, to be honest. And as I say, Miller's got some work to do back in reserve grade, so I'm happy with that. Have they given up on KP as a 5'8"? Well, yes and no. I, I, at the moment, he'll play fullback because that's his position. But I, if they got stuck for a 5'8 down the line, then they may have to put Ponga back to 5'8". But I think... At the moment, everyone's happy to see him play fullback, including Kalen Ponga. Um, Hawk two 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 three. Surely a fine is enough. Tuala is a failure in defence. Everyone's got an opinion. Uh, wife changing wealth. <laughs> good one, Simon. Wife changing wealth. They do, don't they? They do change. <laughs> Hi, Baz. Has Gagai given up on repping Queensland again? He can't do any more on the field, can he? Look, Gags hasn't given up, but uh, it's pretty obvious that um, given the fact that he didn't get chosen for game one in the centres and then he didn't get chosen for game two when Queensland lost one of their wingers, um, Billy Slater at the moment believes that um, other players... Well, he's better off picking other players, but certainly Gags's form has been outstanding uh, virtually for the whole season. He was great again last week against Brisbane, so pretty unlucky, I think. But knowing Gags, he, he'll put his hand up. If Queensland come knocking, he'll definitely put his hand up. So I wouldn't say that he's uh, given up. Okay, I, Nate, could this be a need to generate culture through things such as hard-nosed policy, re Marju missing bus? Well, that's what it's all about. It's all about uh, the culture and the standards. And Peter Parr came in and spoke on this podcast, as someone alluded to, and said that um, you know the, the standards within the club needed to be uh, changed and the culture needed changing. And so they've got a hard line on any of that sort of stuff. And I totally get that. Um, but whether there was, another, as I say, whether there was another way of doing it that uh, doesn't impact the team as much on the fans, um, I don't know. Um, David, for too long the top players knew they could get away with a lot of uh, stuff and not get dropped. Peter Parr spoke about it when he was on your podcast. Get the simple stuff right. Don't let your teammate down. Good to see the consistency. Well, that's the other side of the coin, David, and I accept that as well, mate. Um, Shauna, you'd think Phoenix has earned that number 14 jumper once bumped out of the nine by Braley. Added bonuses are his work, ethic, age, experience, versatility and toughness. Yeah, look, I think um, I think Phoenix Crossland's had a super year. I mean, it's tough 
having to uh, fill a position that you you haven't grown up playing, but he's uh, doing a great job. You can't knock his toughness. You can't knock his fight. He's you know he makes the odd mistake, but you got to expect that. And I think he's doing a, a great job for the club. And obviously the the uh, hierarchy think he's doing a great job too because they've dropped off actually looking for another hooker uh, to sign before the end of the season. So they obviously think that uh, Crossland is doing a good enough job to, to handle that situation. Okay, two more to go. Tom Hagen. Oh, the Mayor of Scones back on. Um, who are your best and worst recruits over the years? the best surprise slash exceeded expectation signing and the one they should have never let go. And he's given me some of his examples. His best signing is Ben Kennedy. His worst signing is Greg Smith slash Lee Jackson. His surprise signing, Matty Parsons, and the players that should have stayed or should have not been let go, Greg Bird and Joseph Tarpany. Okay, well, let me have a look. Let me have a think. I, I totally agree with you about BK. I mean, we, we can talk about Michael Hagen or Mark Sargent or Tony Butterfield or Mark Lamville, even Robbie O, who was um, only a young fellow when he first came in, but they still brought him down from Queensland uh, as being significant signings in the club's history. There's been plenty of others as well, but BK, I think BK has been the, the best import the club has ever uh, brought in. I don't think there's any, well, no doubt in my mind about that. Uh, the worst signings, who did you have? Greg Smith and Lee Jackson. Oh, look, I can come up with a couple more uh, worst signings, probably two two Englishmen. Oh, sorry, an Englishman and a New Zealander, Adrian Shelford. I think he played five games back in 88, was a New Zealand international, came here with massive raps and I don't know whether he got homesick, I can't remember now, but he homesick, but he was pretty ordinary and went, went home pretty quickly, actually. Uh, and I guess the other signing was a bloke an english international um chris joint his name was um 1995 from memory chris joint um came here might have only played half a dozen games um yeah didn't live up to anywhere near the expectations that the club had for him so he's another one um a surprise Packet. Well, you talk about Matty Parsons. Matty Parsons was the Dalian player of the uh, the front row of the year. I think the the previous year at Souths. Um, so was he a real big surprise packet? I think um, there was some expectation in and around him when he came. here. maybe someone like Billy Peden, for example. He was maybe a surprise packet, given that he was still playing at the Cessnock when he was twenty four, and then went on to play nearly two hundred games for the club, um, and then you got. Guys like um, cult heroes like Justin Ryder, for example, who played on the wing for one season or a couple, couple of seasons back in the day, who probably surprised that he stayed up there that long, but he was certainly a crowd pleaser. Um, what was the other one? Oh, the players that they've lost. You mentioned Greg Bird, uh, Joseph Tarpany. Well, Tarpany, mate, um, yeah, look, we would have loved to have kept Tarpany, but um, he was made an offer, an unbelievable offer at the time to go to the Canberra Raiders, which the Knights couldn't match back in Nathan Brown's early days when they were trying to uh, fix up the roster, playing roster. So he was one that um, they probably would have loved to have kept but just couldn't because of the the, uh, the massive offer. Greg Bird, well, Birdie used to get himself into a bit of trouble 
Maitland boy used to get himself into a bit of trouble. So I'm not sure back in the day the officials weren't too unhappy to see the back of Birdie, but uh, certainly as far as his um, way he played, uh, he would have been a massive success here if he just stayed and played out his career here. Look, the two players, or one, yeah, the two players that I can think of they should have kept, obviously Josh Jackson, um, who went on to have a great career at Canterbury. Uh, the Knights let him go. Brian Smith let him go as a junior. I think maybe for two grand, if they'd have forked out two grand extra, they would have kept Josh Jackson, stopped him from going to Cam uh, to Canterbury back in the day. And obviously, the one that everyone sort of talks about is uh, he didn't he never signed a contract with the Knights, but he certainly trial with the Knights was Latrell Mitchell. Um, he trial with the Knights and was perceived by some people back at the club in those days in the development side of things to be a bit lazy. Um, so he wasn't offered a contract, unfortunately. Um, yeah, so there was certainly one that got away. Okay, last one from Matthew uh, Gain. Matty Johns this week tipped Luke Brooks to go to Newcastle. Could this be an explanation for the cap issues Newcastle is experiencing? Given we were bidding uh, circa five hundred thousand for Dom Young, I'm confused. Why else? I'm confused. Why else would we have cap issues unless there is a big signing coming? Uh, look, I didn't see that Matty John's um, tip, but someone did allude me to it as well that he thought that Brooks might be coming to Newcastle. I, I think Brooks, Luke Brooks will end up at North Queensland. There's my tip. I don't think there's any chance in the world of him coming to Newcastle. I don't think they've got the money for Luke Brooks. He's knocked back 500000 a season to stay with the Tigers and Newcastle haven't got that money now that they've got Jackson Hastings in the halves and they're paying Kalen Pong a 1.4 or 1.5 next year. They haven't got that money uh, for another 5.8. So there's, I, don't, I, I can't, cannot see Luke Brooks coming to the Knights at all, Matty. I'm sorry, but uh, uh, as far as signings go, well, we'll wait and see what happens there, but there won't be too many significant ones, I don't think. All righty. That's it for another week, Simon. We're out. We're over. We've done. One more down. One more down. That's about <laughs> 93 or four, I think, That's this one is. Yeah. So we, we're coming. We're just about to hit the 100. <laughs> we will in the next couple of months anyway. So, Okay, hopefully... A victory this week for the Knights. Vital, as I said before, vital that they uh, knock over the Sydney Roosters. Great to talk to Gary Worth, um, one of the old-time players at the club. And uh, we'll be back next week with another guest and all your questions will be answered again. Talk to you then.